0: My, isn't God good? Everybody's smiling. Not so cold weather outside. Last Sunday morning, I was in St. Louis. It was 12 degrees and pouring down rain. Finally stopped raining, started sleeting, and then it snowed. Got about eight inches of snow on Sunday. So needless to say, we had some very rough driving to church But I understand it was cold here also. Just a wee bit. Praise God. Psalm 73, and I'll read three verses, and you can be seated. I will be reading other verses in this psalm. Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And you may be seated. You know, God has brought so many of you from so far away. It's just great. I look out across the congregation. Some of you I have known for a long, long time. I I knew you in B.C., that's before Christ. Now I know you, and I can truthfully say there has been such a change, <clears throat> such a change. I think of my own life. My, uh, when I uh, first was saved, I had a temper like you would not believe. Uh, <clears throat> inherited that from my dad, so it really wasn't my fault. It was, it was his. You know, when you inherit things, it's not your fault. <clears throat> but uh, I understand his dad had a bad temper so it wasn't my dad's fault either he inherited it from his dad so it really turned out to be nobody's fault like the one man said I get to think I can't mad straight <clears throat> uh, so <laughs> uh, <clears throat> one man came in to see me his mad at his wife and they got in a fight in the office and uh, His wife said, "Uh, yeah, I said, uh, he tells me I'm stupid all the time, dizzy, stupid. So he told me, he said, I don't understand how anybody can be so stupid and yet so beautiful. And uh, the wife says, well, that's very simple, hon. He made me beautiful, so you would love me. And he said, well, what about the other part of that? He said, he made me stupid so I could love you. (laughs) 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 Oh, my. Well, just wanted to open this up with a laugh. This psalm depicts the particular attitude of a lot of people when things don't go well. Have you ever had times in your life when things did not go well? How many of you had some bad moments? Just about time that you think nothing, in addition to what has already happened, can happen, then hard times set in. <laughs> You ever had that to, to happen? I want to preach on the subject. What's the use? Uh, recently, a little situation came to me, and I caught myself just wanting to throw up my hand and say, "Well, what's the use?" You know, it just doesn't seem to help when I try. You ever feel that way? You know, it's it's not that I want to give up on God. It's not that I want to give up on the church. That's that's not what I'm talking about, but I'm just, there's no use to even trying. I'll go ahead and worship God and just let things be as they're going to be. Now, I believe that about 90% of everything in life that happens to you happens to you as a result of decisions you make. But you have to understand there's about 10% of the things that happen to you that you really don't have anything to do with it. I mean, just just nothing. We were just recently uh, down at the hospital. In fact, Thursday night after church, we received word that Tom Harris—many of you know Tom Harris, Shelley Harris's father—that he had uh, <clears throat> a health problem and he was having open heart surgery, and we were asked to come down. They weren't expecting him to live. So we went down to the VA hospital. He had been in surgery 10 and a half hours, long time. The doctor finally came out and talked with us, talked with the family. We were in a room there, and we'd been praying. The doctor says, well, I can just truthfully say that if he makes it, it'll be because of a miracle. And I haven't heard too many doctors make a statement like this, but he said, "You need to believe God that uh, a miracle can will take place." You know, miracles do happen. We said, "Well, we have prayed already." He said, "Continue to pray because at the most, I think he's going to make it what, four hours. Four hours, but the manly was down there. They had given him fifty-two units of blood." Uh We've given him all the blood that we have in this area. If anybody else has to have surgery, they need blood. That's going to be very serious. Just don't have any more blood. So, we have done everything we can do. We cannot stop him from bleeding. We just don't know how he's going to make it. The doctor said we went 10 and a half hours. I did without a break. He's very tired. But well, we prayed and I don't know if uh, if Brother Manley, uh, I'm sure he was aware of this, but maybe he never thought of it like this, you know, all of a sudden the, the heaviness uh, was taken away from us and we just began to, uh, you know, talk about the good old times. Uh, uh, Sister Kathy and Lenny were there, uh, Kathy Pizer, most of you know her, she's, uh, been a long-standing friend of many of you and, of course, a member of this church for many years. He's in Watertown now. We just started talking, and then uh, Jan Harris, uh, uh, Kathy and Shelly's mom was there, and then a cousin and his wife, and we just, uh, I guess, you know, we just got to, you know, just, it was almost like a family reunion. Finally, a, a gentleman in the hospital came close the door. We were making too much noise i felt I, I felt terrible about that, especially here's a man at like the point of death, and here we are in here laughing, and but it was see, it was like the heaven has left us. now keep in mind, see, there will be moments in which tragedy will strike, and you will have little or nothing to do with it. Just I mean, it happens. none of you are expecting to live to be a thousand, are you? You know, something's going to happen to you. I would like to say this, uh, the next day I was up to see Tom, uh, he was much better, the bleeding had stopped, Shelley called me the next morning at 8 o'clock, uh, the bleeding had stopped, uh, uh, he's he's doing much well, I'd say much better, they, they did not expect him to live this long. Here he's still hanging in there, and, and God is answering prayer, and We really thank the Lord for it. But it's those moments that you have no control over that I'm talking to you about today. It's when you have done everything you can do that's right to put things together in your life, and then all of a sudden something happens to you that you have no power and no control over that just throws your whole life into a tailspin. And then just about time that you think, I can't take any more of this, something else happens. You ever had things like that to happen? And then after that, something else happens. Now, see, this is what the psalmist was talking about. Verse 4, I want to continue to read, For there are no bands in their death, and their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men neither are they plagued like other men now he's talking about people who don't even know god see what he's doing he's looking out and he's seeing people who's trying so hard and he then looks at people who seemingly they're not even cognizant of the fact there is a god and things are going well that's what he's talking about all right therefore Pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore, this people return hither. The waters of a full cup are wrung out in them and they say how doth god know and is their knowledge in the most high behold these are the ungodly who prosper in the world they increase in riches and i'm amazed i'm amazed at at the prosperity of, of the wicked now that see the that's what uh, we see now. Please understand when I call some names, I might be calling some names to some people that uh, that uh, we would not consider to be wicked. You understand what I'm saying? But just people I don't know anything about. And this could this could happen to the godly or the ungodly. But uh, I I do know by reading in the paper that that CBS lost its contract with the National Football League, uh, so they will not be announcing or uh, televising football games next year. And Fox uh, received the contract. Now, I forget how much they gave, but $101 million or something like that. And then people were asking a question, what about the sport casters? And uh, someone picked up a paper yesterday. I did not read it, but they read it to me. And they said that, you know, that John Madden was granted a $30 million contract over four years to announce football. Uh, football now that's a heap of money i mean that's a lot of money you know that'd build a whole lot of churches wouldn't it you know you think about it if if we could increase the total revenue here in the church by five hundred thousand dollars in one year just think about what we could do you know here you're concerned about the lost and you're concerned about winning them to god and every time you turn around well we don't have enough money now if you go into our stewardship class and there's a session being held now when I talk about money I do teach that if stewardship is practiced properly there will never be a need that exists that cannot and will not be met. And I said if it's practiced properly. And I do believe that because I believe that's scriptural. But but you see the you, you see the the, the prosperity of so many people. And uh, especially those in the entertainment field. All of this business came out about Michael Jackson. I read in the paper that that last year his income was in excess of $42 million. That's a lot of money, isn't it? That? Well, that's a lot of money. Now, <clears throat> this, this is what the psalmist was talking about. He said, you know, I just... It just seems like every time I turn around, I see somebody that's prospering, somebody that's doing so good. And, well, you know, what about myself? When I read this recently, then I I started thinking of uh, my life. Because I'm going to be talking somewhat about my life today. I know more about myself than anybody else. But uh, I remember right out of Bible school, my wife and I decided that we would go to a little community i call it a community total population of cushing texas is at that time was 750 people not many i just thought it was a place that needed church a big old city you know at least (laughs) because i grew up kind of in the sticks so you know i never thought about the population being so low but when we moved there uh I did not have a job. It was quite a ways to some of the larger cities where good jobs were, were, were. And so, after moving there and starting the church and such, uh, I just did a little odd jobs around to to uh, make a living and keep some food on the table. Lived across the street from a doctor. Doctor lived in such a beautiful home. Uh, actually, he was a dentist. Uh, beautiful home. Uh, beautiful surround, drove a nice car. You know, the house we moved into. were well, only two houses for rent in the whole city, and one of them was they wanted fifty dollars a month for it, and the other one they wanted twenty-five dollars. So we chose a twenty-five dollar a month house. And keep in mind, this is back in nineteen sixty-three, sixty-four it was. So it, you know, it was a ways back, but the house wasn't wasn't so good. The, uh, <clears throat> it had a big fireplace in, in the in the living room, and we don't know where got in that house, and there was a swarm of bees that, that came down that chimney and filled a whole living room full of just bees. I mean, we just, you cannot believe, just thousands, maybe millions, I don't know how many bees are in a swarm, but you know, they just, they were, there was a big ball of bees hanging off the wall there. Twist my wife is afraid of bees. So we, uh, <clears throat> it, it just seems like that if anything could go wrong with this house, I mean, it went wrong. So that was, I, I believe that was late in the fall at that time. And then uh, we, we knew that the, the, the bees, evidently what had happened, they were in the chimney to start with. It wasn't the time of the year in which bees normally swarm and leave uh, but uh, they were in there and because we had uh, uh, used the fireplace a little bit uh, I don't know if it cracked the, the mortar or what they just came in the house anyway we had bees everywhere. Else. well got real cold weather I mean really cold I mean, most of you don't think it can get cold in Texas but it can I mean it got down in the 20s <laughs> very very damp Very damp and real cold. And I caught pneumonia. I meant big time. I just, I didn't have any health insurance. I had uh, no money to go to the doctor. I'm just going to suffer. Finally, I did go to the doctor and they diagnosed what was wrong, but I didn't have enough money to take care of this. Then we found out that Sister Grant was going to have a child. That's our youngest son, Steve. We had no health insurance, uh, nothing. At that time, to have a child would cost you at least $200. I'm serious. Our hospital bill when Steve was born was $120, and the doctor bill was 75 or 80 Oh, and that's a lot of money. Now... It is particularly a lot of money if you don't have any money. And see, we we, just, we didn't have any money. Well, <clears throat> I got uh, somewhat uh, better. Was able to get up and perform the pastoral duties of the church. Remember, one day I went out visiting. I had uh, a flat on my car. I fixed the flat kept on visiting the church was growing almost every Sunday night we took people down to the river and baptized them Now we did that winter or summer Didn't have a baptismal tank so we took them down to the river had some great times there so one day on visitation I had a flat tire I had another flat tire my tires were I meant they were they were so thin they only had one side I mean, they were really thin, you know. <clears> Have <throat> you ever seen a transparent tire? <clears throat> I remember, <laughs> I, I just you know you, I had nothing to f- nothing, absolutely nothing, to no money, uh, just a little bit of gasoline in the car. I was driving down the road and I I just happened to come by a driveway and a guy had come out of the driveway and he was walking. I asked him and said, "Would you like a ride?" He looked at me and said, well, I'm going as fast as you are. (laughs) Went to church that night. I got there by walking. I walked to church. It wasn't a great distance away, probably a couple of miles. But I walked. And Sister Grant was not able to attend. And after everyone had left that night, I sat there and... In the church, and I wondered, what's the use? What is the use? It was a very, very low moment. See, I had great dreams. I thought I was going to go there in a short period of time. We'd have a new sanctuary, a new church, full of people, and and you know that's what keeps a man going: his dreams. And all of a sudden, it seemed like every dream that I ever had was just shattered. It was broken. It was torn. I said, well, what's the use? What's the use? Well, I'm just going to stop the store and go to our next pastorate. It's in Shawna. We moved to Shawna. We built a new house later. I... Uh... Went into building. I, I've been interested in this. So we built our own home. And we never moved into it. We sold it. Took the money. At that time we had no missions program. There was no Christmas for Christ or anything like that. Moved to Wisconsin. All of the money that we had. We uh, spent it uh, moving to Wisconsin. And making a down payment on the church in Shawano. Now most of you know where Shawano is. It's is 1968. Um. We bought this little old building there, and it had an apartment above the, the church, two bedrooms. Now, one bedroom was so tiny, and that was the bedroom the boys occupied. We had we had uh, bunk beds in there, just a hard enough room to, to walk in. We had bunk beds, and Sister Grant and I had the other bedroom. I looked for work there in the area. I couldn't find work. So I just picked up a few little odd jobs. I did some carpentry work for Brother Tom Fuller. He was in the Black shoes Church where the Black shoes was in Clintonville at the time. So this was enough to keep us going. But, uh, you know, you couldn't, no money for clothes, no money for shoes. I mean, just no money. Just Nothing. Hardly any money for groceries. I remember we just ran totally out of groceries. Somebody brought some commodity food by. A whole gallon jar, big, big top gallon jar of peanut butter. Now, I love peanut butter. I mean, I love peanut butter. But the thing about it is when you eat it for breakfast, lunch, supper, snack before you go to bed, Breakfast, lunch, and supper. Breakfast, lunch, and supper. You know, to my amazement, I got tired of peanut butter. I mean, I just... In fact, I got sick of peanut butter. In fact, I don't eat nearly as much peanut butter even today as I used to. (laughs) Then, see, after a while, you run out of crackers and bread. So you know, you drive up to McDonald's, this is what, I'll use you, the southern vernacular, if you don't want onions, you just say, cut the onions. I know it's around here, they use a lot of different things, just leave the onions off or something like that. Have you ever had a peanut butter sandwich and you cut the bread? <clears throat> Would you leave the bread off? Well, I have. <clears throat> it's the kind that you either eat with a spoon or a fork. And it's during those times when you sit down and you say, I'm doing everything I possibly can to get this thing going. And it's not working out. What's the use? You ever felt like that? I'm sure that many of you have. What's the use? Later on, we... We moved to La Crosse, Christmas for Christ program, and under Christmas for Christ, we take a Christmas for Christ offering here in our, our church. I I understand the Christmas for Christ offering an idea originated right here at Calvary Chapel Church, but the yance was passed. The first CFC offering was taken right here. I don't know the thousands of dollars we put into this program. This year, I think our offering to date, we send it in at the end of the month, this month. What is it, Rich, about 64 About $7,000. Can you say praise the Lord for that? Last year it was $10,202. I sure wish that God would lay on somebody's heart to put in another 3000 we could send in another $10,000. Because I don't believe that we, as people, can give to the world a greater gift than a church. I don't believe that. So Sister Grant and I were the first CFC missionaries here in the state. And we sat down and we figured out how much they told us we were going to support you. So how much money do you need? And I still remember when I sat, it, sat down and I figured up all my bills and, and such, I I wrote back and I said, I believe that we can live on $375 a month. Now, this was in 1970. Uh, you may say that's low. It was low for then, too. I mean, it was low. But I thought I was taking somebody else's money. They wrote me back and said, We will give you four hundred ninety-five dollars a month. I thought that was great. I could not believe they were actually doing this, but but they did. That's uh, Brother Pew was our our national director. He said, "Brother Grant, you can't live on three hundred seventy-five dollars a month." I said, "Well, if I'm taking somebody else's money, it's it's different. If I'm, you know, they, they wanted you to work full time for the church." and so we did now i will say this at 495 it was a lot harder than i thought i mean a lot harder one of the first things i had to drop is insurance i dropped my health insurance i remember we went up to camp we had such a great time we came back home and i was sick caught the flu i thought it was the flu uh, Steve caught the flu, he, at least we thought it was, and he was. we both were in bed for a week. I got well, and he didn't. We found out that, that he had a kidney disease. All of a sudden, he just started gaining weight, three and a half pounds per day. Now that's a lot of weight for a little tiny kid. And I mean, he is really swelling. What do we do? We take him to the to the hospital, of course. They tell us it's going to be very expensive. How are you going to pay for this? I did not know. I don't have any idea. Well, it's, Mr. Grant's got to be paid. I went off for Christmas for Christ. I started uh, building homes. Now I did have a substantial increase in in salary when I started doing this, but I I, I said that to say. Before I went off, though, I found out that another missionary here in the state was making over a thousand dollars a month on the Christmas for Christ. Now I'm four ninety five. I can't even pay my health insurance. You know, some things, some of those things when when you're down, they they, they hurt you. You know? you know. I still remember going in, sitting on the side of the bed. What's the? Now, I'm going to interject this thought. I do not believe that any man or woman is allowed to be in a strategic location with God without going through a lot of sorrow. I don't believe that. I believe that every person here, if you ever amount to anything in God, you will be brought down to this level. Now, I'm not saying that I have arrived to a great location in God. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying this to offer a glimmer of hope to some of you suffering people. What's the use? We didn't know Steve was going to live or die. I gave up the church in La Crosse because I had just come to the conclusion that I just couldn't fight anymore. That something had overpowered me that I had no control over. I can't do it. Of course, with a better job, now it's taken all the money You know, we thought when I got the better job and started building homes, we'd have a lot of money we could afford this, that, and the other. But now the medical bills. The medical bills more than compensated and was taken away from. So here we are right where we were. What's the use? We gave up the church. We were down in Oklahoma with Brother and Sister Rutherford in Lawton, and we were preaching in Duncan, Oklahoma that weekend. Sister Rutherford, I don't know, if Sister Rutherford. I saw her earlier. Here she is. Uh, Duncan, I don't know what size city it was. I think about thirty thousand, something like that. They had, at that time, uh, their building paid for, a good parsonage, nice parsonage. They had uh, a lot of money in savings, I think around 40000 They wanted to wanted the build in their building. I said, you're just the man for this job. Well, we preached there. They, they wanted to hold an election, which they did that night. I told them it, it has to be unofficial because I'm not going to, I just, I can't say yes to this, but, you know, it looked ideal. It was kind of an oil uh, industry-related city, big bucks coming through. As we went back to Brother and Sister Rutherford's home that night in Lawton, I received a call from you precious people, from Brother Ron Cole, who was uh, on our board at that time. And he said, Brother Grant, we'd like for you to come here. Well, I ended up coming here, but uh, (coughs) the money was low. I'm not saying this as a complaint. Listen, we have quite a few people of the original group. How many of you were here when I came here? Raise your hand. These people, they paid 15% of their income tithing. They had all agreed to do this. Some of them went and took out loans at the bank and put the money in the church just to make the bills. But there wasn't a whole lot for the preachers, you know. And I remember week after week, I'd take $75 if I was lucky enough. I use the word lucky. (laughs) Thank you if I was blessed enough. You understand what I'm talking about? Sometimes $50. A couple of weeks, there was just no money at all. And I get to thinking about this opportunity that I gave up. And after a while, bills started mounting, and didn't have enough money for gasoline to visit. Church was growing. I remember stopping by Brother Juno's place so many times. Brother Juno had a service station on the west side. I never went in there and filled up, but he didn't give me the gasoline. I tried my best to pay him. And when I was low on fuel... You know, you always have this idea. Well, I can always go to the west side and get a free tank. But I did not want to take advantage of this godly man, brother Juno. You and sister Juno never know. Never. How much you helped us. I remember going by a couple of times. I saw him and I wouldn't stop. I said he'll want to fill up my car with gasoline I'd occasionally stop and just talk with him not say a word and not fuel and go on I saw his son in there so I pull in I fill up I'm going to go in I'm going to pay I pull out the money Oh, he said my dad would fire me in a moment's time if I took your money I said now look you're going to take this money he said oh never I'm not taking this money he refused What's the use? <clears throat> I remember right when I, I was at my lowest, I caught pneumonia. I had pneumonia three times in one year. I can truthfully say this. I was in bed more that one year than I was out. Of the bed. I felt like all hell was against me. I've lived long enough to figure out it really was. But I tell you, I had some low moments. You say, what's the use? Why even try? You're preaching the truth and doing everything you know to do, and you see... Buildings going up all over, and the city is prospering. What's the use? You see, that's what the psalmist was saying. Evidently, he got kind of bogged down in his thinking, he was hit from so many different angles that. He just temporarily lost his balance. His perspective of things were not quite right. You know, you have to be very, criti- uh, very careful how you criticize people that are under pressure. You know, you see somebody under pressure and, and they will act adversely. Sometimes they will act like they're not even associated with God. Sometimes they don't even act like they're Christian. You have to be very careful though because you don't know sometimes how hard life can be when you're not walking especially when you're not walking in that person's shoes. And isn't it amazing regardless of how hard it gets for us when things are going easy how quickly we forget what life is all about. Well, I remember that one night I walked to church in Cushion. remember that. I remember the glorious service we had. I looked out and I said, man, it's worth it all when I was in church. But after everybody left and I was left alone, I was going to have to walk home in the dark. I got down to pray. Now, here's a church that i built with my own hands. A pulpit that I've made. An altar i had built. Did it all. Got down on my knees and I began to pray. What's the use? But I'll tell you something. There was something that got a hold of me at that altar that night. That's never left me. I can pinpoint the very place in which God permanently branded on my heart a desire to live for Him that would last a life. This is what the psalmist was talking about in verse seventeen. He said, "Until I went in the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end." In other words, I understood that there are some curves in life. And some situations in life that are extremely difficult but extremely profitable. Because life is more than the abundance of the things that a man possesses. More than all. It was here that I gained my equilibrium. It's here that balance came back. It's Fear that my perspective changed. Fear. I remember the peanut butter jar. I remember all that. But I remember one night when I went in my basement. Kids were all in the bed and wife was in the bed. And I began to Pray. And the Lord' spirit came upon me. When I say the basement was a basement was classroom of the church. When the spirit of the Lord came upon me, the Lord told me, "Get up, I did. Go upstairs, I did. I got behind the pulpit. The Lord spoke to me and said, "Now what advice would you give?" to some of these new converts that just started their walk with me, what would you tell them if they were caught in your predicament? I started preaching. My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory. God said to me inwardly, I have heard your prayer. I will supply need. The answer is on the way. The next morning I got up. I drove to Clintonville, walked in the four-wheel drive place there, you know, where they build the four-wheel drive vehicles. I walked in there, applied for a job, handed in the personnel director. He walked out and said, I want to talk with you. I went in. He said, I've already, <clears throat> uh, we already have a couple of people on the phone, calling Texas, and uh, We'd like for you to start to work for us. Can you start tomorrow? I said yes. I didn't have enough gasoline to even hardly make it over there. that way. What am I going to do? I came back out and got in the car. My wife said, "Well, what did they say?" I said, well, "Let's start to work tomorrow." She thought I was teasing. She said, "Oh, you're teasing." I said, "No, I'll start to work tomorrow." I went home. I said, Now, Lord, what am I going to do? Because I don't have enough money to make it. It's two weeks before I get paid. I can't drive over here. Our church, we don't have that kind of income. We just have a bunch of new ones. What am I going to do? When the mailman ran that day, I went down, looked inside the mailbox, came back up. There was a letter. From two sisters in East Texas, two sisters I didn't even know knew me, Harley. A sister Nichols and a sister Nance. It was a mother and a daughter. The mother was probably in her mid 70s, daughter more like 50. And inside was a $100 check. Dear Brother Grant, thank you so much. Sacrificing to establish a new church in Shawnee. Mom and I were in prayer. It was a couple of days before. And the Lord spoke to us and said, Send this to Brother Grant. Don't have any idea why your name came up. But you see, it was when I got up off my knees and went inside and stood behind the pulpit in the sanctuary. And started giving advice to people that were not even there. Started the preaching, declaring what a magnificent God I serve. A God that knows your name. The very hairs of your head are numbered. About when I was ready to throw in the towel, so to speak. About when I was thinking, what's the use? use? Then the answer came. Then the answer came. Let's lift our hands and praise the Lord, would you with me? Oh... You just have to forgive me. You know God is good. I think about the situation here. And of course I stand in the sanctuary with many of you. I look out. I have no complaints. I'll tell you what. You people are great. You've done so much for Sister Grant and I. Never a birthday that goes... Unrecognized. Our anniversary. We were down with Brother Henry Ritchie and Brother Richie brought up a card and some money and we were down in Martinique in the Caribbean Islands on our thirty fourth wedding anniversary. This year or this past year. You folks are just great. But I look at All the sacrifices that you have made, and of course I have also talked to you somewhat about our coming here. I'm sure that some of you borrowing money from the bank and such. At one time or another, the financial load was so hard, you probably wondered, is this really worth it all? Is it really worth it all? But look around you. Look around you today. You know, I could start calling names today of people. Some of you are not aware of where some of these folks came from. You're not aware of what they were involved in. To some of you, they just Have always been good Christians because that's all you've ever known. I remember Don and Peggy when they walked in on a Sunday morning. I remember Don and Peggy coming to the altar. Must have been, what, 15 years ago? How long ago, Don? 1980. 14 years ago this year. I remember them giving their heart to the Lord. They wanted to be baptized. They were just kids. I think I can say this. I don't think this would in any way embarrass Don or Peggy. Peggy was his live-in girlfriend. I said, oh, no. Can't have any of that carry on. You know what he did? He took her home that afternoon to her mother. Said we have come to a bend in the road, and it's altering our life. We're going down a different path now, Mom. Nobody understood. I remember them getting baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, their marriage. I remember going out to Don and Peggy's home. She moved back home then. I remember going there. and I remember two couples coming in. The Morans, the Weakleys. I remember Sister Weekly, Joe, Don's mom and dad. Wanted to talk with a pastor. What's going on here? How could religion so drastically change the lives of two young people? Is this for real? Well, the Moran's Don's mom and dad are not in the church yet neither is joe but sister betty weekly is one of the greatest ladies to ever grace the planet earth and because of her coming in and roger came in dave jackie Don and Peggy. Three children now. See, all I have to do when hardships come my way and I get to think about what's the use. All I have to do is stand behind this book look out across the congregation. Dan Capaccio came, young man. Dan had the longest ponytail you've ever seen. Way down, wasn't it, Dan? Wayward from God. Walking the streets heard someone from the campus preaching the word of God. Isn't that something? Brother Jeff, your dad told me two weeks ago or whenever at your wedding, two weeks ago, Saturday, he said, you know, my, my son, Brother Jeff's dad, if you don't know this, Brother Jeff's dad, what position does he hold with Wisconsin Supply? He, he's a general manager of it. He told me, you know, when Jeff and Valerie were, were married, they were just dancing. The only time they stopped is, is and, and it was quite a lengthy stop, actually, when Jeff kissed her, right? We didn't. <laughs> You ever seen boxing? When I was a kid, I used to watch (laughs) boxing all the time. What I didn't like was when you get two boxes in there that hugged all the time. The referee had to go like this, where Brother Williams was performing the marriage, and and he had to call for a break. (laughs) Go to your corners, (laughs) Jeff's dad says, "Pastor, my son has my curiosity in it." I said, "Oh, yeah." He said, "You know, uh, he's so different. I thought he man, he's so different in the way he worships." So I said, well, uh, I'm not going to stick my foot in my mouth, see. I'm going to feel out what he's talking about. You know, what, what, you find him to be offensive or what? You know, I I didn't, oh, no, he said. What I'm saying is he's so different from what he used to be. He said, now you obviously knew a little bit about him, but you know, Huh. And then his wife spoke up and said, Well, Pastor, we are thrilled to death about what God has done for Jeff. We just can't, you just don't know what a mess he was. Well, what's the use? Some might say. But when you get in the house of God, your perspective comes back. When you come to the house of God, your bearings are there. When you come to the house of God, your thinking changes. It straightens. It aligns. You see the value of everything we're doing. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you to stand to your feet right now and lift your hands. I want you to thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for everything He's done for you. Oh, He is so good and wonderful and kind. My Lord and my Savior. My Lord and my Savior. My Lord and my Savior. My Lord and my, Savior, my, Lord and my Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, God, dear God, dear God, dear God, dear God, dear God, dear God. God, God. Oh, thank you, Lord, for conversion. Thank you, Lord, for changing our lives, oh God. Thank you, Lord, for making us afresh. Thank you, God, for making us new. Thank you, Lord, for making us whole. Thank you, God. 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 Blessed Blessed be the name of the Lord. 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 Mama Hete. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then just a few weeks ago, see my grandson Kyle. His mom and dad right down here at the altar, right over here by the piano. See these young people gather around him. Several people were praying for him. Some of our teenagers were praying. And all of a sudden, he burst out speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the entrance. Then a month or so before that, see my granddaughter Lana, my oldest granddaughter, child down here praying and God filling her with a baptism of the Holy Ghost no amount of money in the world can offer compensation for such an event than to take her to the baptismal tank take this Tiny little girl, but well, she's fairly large, I guess, for her age. But she's still small, you know. Lana, honorable you're making the right step. Lana, you want to make sure that all the days of your life you live for God. Huh? Then saying, upon the confession of your sins. And making a profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. God Himself having honored that faith. By filling you already with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I indeed at this time do baptize you, Lana Marie Grant. In the name. That's above every name. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins. What's the use? Then I went into the sanctuary. (laughs) I got the right perspective on things again. I saw things like they really are. I saw God personified. I saw faith in people. I saw forgiveness of sins and grace. I saw the withholding of judgment as God's mercy came upon my soul. I felt I had a friend, one that would stick closer than a brother. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, let's praise him again. I feel like today that we have some folks here that you've just wondered what's the use. God's brought you to this banqueting table to offer you fresh life, fresh meat, good food. Why don't you step out and come and recommit your life to the Lord. We have any guests here you'd never ask God to forgive you of your sins, why don't you come on right now? Come on. Oh, what a great time for you to come and surrender your life to the Lord. Come on right now. Right now in Jesus' name. Come on right now. Don't turn the Lord away. Yes, come on. There's still room for you to come. Come on. Give your heart to the Lord today. Would you do that? Oh, yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God.